0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Well, hey, hey, how you doing? You doing your Christmas and Hanukkah shopping, your Kwanzaa shopping? Do you do Kwanzaa shopping? I don't even know if you do Kwanzaa shopping or not. But I know that most of us are out looking for stuff for our animals because most of us... Most of us actually buy presents for our animals and even get them cards. Sure. And some people think that's ridiculous. And if you do think that's ridiculous, uh, go ahead and change the channel right now because you'll think this whole <laughs> show is pretty ridiculous.
2: We're How the... many of us actually send cards from
3: our animals to others? From
1: oh, our animals? Oh, all the time.
3: I do. Yeah. I don't even sign. I don't oh. even sign my name anymore. It comes. It always comes from the, from the animals. Yeah. You just put a little footprint at the bottom. Yeah, I guess I no, can. I sign their too. names. You know. <laughs>
1: Oh, my. We are over the edge here about our animals at Animal Radio. And today we have a great guest who's also over the edge about his animals, Bill Berloni. He has that reality series on Discovery. I forget the name of it. Wags to... Wags to Riches. riches. Yes. Yes. And he's a trainer. He wanted to be an actor, but he ended up being a a trainer for animals on stage and screen. And you've definitely seen the animals that he's trained in something that you've seen, uh, whether it be a movie or on TV. Uh, He just had an NBC special. uh,
4: And he... um, actually takes shelter dogs and turns them into Broadway stars.
1: That's what's really cool.
4: Yes. That the, is
1: cool. These are animals that otherwise have no home and really could be on the death list. And he turns them into working actors. And then they all get to retire on his ranch. None of the animals. He, I believe he has like 30 animals on his ranch, which includes uh, horses and llamas and ducks. Remind oh, my. Me, we'll I have to ask him about that. In just a few minutes. Uh, of course, we're taking your calls toll free to talk to Dr. Debbie or dog father, Joey Volani, And in just a few minutes, Miss Lori Brooks will uh, give us the latest news. What do you got going?
2: Well, I'm being distracted by my dog. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> we get to take our animals to
1: work. I know. Yeah.
2: We were just talking about, you know, buying presents for our animals. And and coming up, we're going to tell you about a group that said, do not buy animals for presents. Ooh. You know, just the opposite. But you will be shocked at who is now saying, which group is saying, it's okay to buy animals as gifts. Oh,
1: mm, so changing their are changing team. it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I always thought that you didn't want to get animals as gifts because, I mean, yeah. that's a lifelong right. gift. The fruitcake, you-, you can actually throw away, but you can't throw away an animal. <laughs> no, no, you no. can't.
2: Well, the
4: fruitcake, you don't throw it away. You just pass it on to somebody else. Hal.
3: You re-gift you- it. You, you feed it to the animal. My, my bird would love stop, it.
2: It's isn't it?
3: Garney Gur, loves fruitcake. <laughs> Hi, Teresa. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thank you.
1: What's going on with your pet?
5: Well, I have a three-year-old Yorkie. Um, he is a regular size, not a, a toy size. Um, when we got him three years ago, it was in the middle of winter, and we got pretty used to puppy pads. For him to relieve himself, and Mm -hmm. uh, now, even if he's outside for quite a length of time, um, he will hold everything until he's back inside and does his business on the puppy pad. Um, I've moved to a new house where I have some carpet near the front entrance of the house, and that's where his uh, chosen spot, even on the puppy pads, happens to be, and I would really, you know, if he happens to miss, then I have icky carpet to take care of, plus I would kind of like to get his, uh, if I could, transition him to outside or at least away from the front door as his uh, go-to spot, Mm -hmm. and and I'm looking for the, I guess, the best way to approach that since he's... Had his own way for three years.
6: Absolutely. And some would say that this is the downside to potty pads, that if it's the long-term plan, and and it can work out fine, but if you do want to transition, sometimes it gets a little confusing for these guys, because we're we're switching between totally different methods. It's also not uncommon for um, dogs that are trained to potty pads to kind of have accidents on um, carpets, square areas of fabric, things like that, because in essence, they visually kind of look and somewhat feel like what the potty pad is all about, so. So that's not at all unusual. I think the good thing is that he's doing this by the door. So um, many folks take a soiled potty pad with them. And this is taking him out on a leash and taking him out to the potty area when you think he's going to need to go and uh, give him his potty command. We pair that pottying where we want with a verbal command. Now, you can start that in the home if you're with him when he's going potty on the pads and start using um, a potty word, you know, go to the bathroom, uh, go potty, whatever it might be, and then praising him when he's doing it on the pad as you're saying that. Then that helps to transition to where you're going outside and doing it. Um, and it, it does take a lot of uh, work <laughs> as far as to get them transitioned into that. But really finding that opportunity where you can praise him and reward him. And he really ought to be monitored anytime that you're trying to get him to eliminate. So if he's left to his own devices, he's not going to understand that. Um, So it's almost like you have to go back to square one with him being a young pup so that you can catch that opportunity to praise him when he's going outside. And then, you know, go crazy and give him a treat, positive reward after he's done the goods outside. Some dogs do find, we find that they may mark or may urinate or defecate more if there's another animal using the area and i find this a lot with my little guy he may not use the backyard but boy he will certainly go wherever there's other animals as a way of uh, urine uh, marking or uh, fecal marking so um, that's another thing so if you have a family member who has another dog bring them over have them potty in the area that you want that to happen and that will help to give them a kind of a scent trigger to that spot
5: Okay.
1: Hopefully that helps you, Teresa.
5: Yes, uh, especially the getting the other animals sent where I want them to go. That should not be a problem with you know a couple family members or neighbors that I'm sure will help me
6: out. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a pee party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for your call today. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks for your free for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show.
6: Hi. How are you?
1: Very good. I understand you want to talk to the good doctor.
6: Yes, please. I'm right here, ready for you. What can we do for you, Sharon? Okay. Um, I guess it's kind of a. I want to be
5: an advocate. My dog has. It's a genetic disease. It's called um, intestinal lymph. I can't say the rest of it, but very similar to irritable bowel syndrome.
6: Lymphangiectasia. Right. Wow. And I guess
5: I would like to be an advocate because it's a genetic trait with, like, Yorkies and Wheeland Terriers. And, you know, what I'm thinking is that if you do have a pet that has that, not to breed them. Mm
6: -hmm. Very good point. So uh, how is your baby doing?
5: Well, he almost died last year. We have a wonderful vet that has been going beyond the call of duty, and it reoccurred again this year. It's something that's managed, never cured. He's at the point now where his little tummy is rather large. The difference is that this year is, opposed to last year, he was very lethargic. This year, his bowel movements are very solid. I mean, you would not know that he is sick other than his stomach
6: being huge. Yeah, and you know this condition. Just so I can give a little background for some folks, this is a condition where lymph, um, which is absorbed um, throughout the body and moves throughout the body, um, there's a problem in the intestines. Which in some cases, this can ha- happen primarily just as a genetic problem, but also secondary to other problems like intestinal disease or even heart disease. But the lymph um, flow is uh, disrupted in in the intestines, and that can actually result in some very serious uh, low protein levels in the body, and that can result in fluid buildup in the belly, kind of that big old water belly look, Um, but also vomiting, uh, not eating, uh, weight loss, um, and and a lot of diarrhea type issues. So that's kind of the typical, um, I shouldn't say typical, it is not a typical disease, and it is actually tough to diagnose. Did your baby have uh, uh, biopsies done or endoscopy? Uh, What we've done is he hasn't had any biopsies.
5: He's had a lot of blood work done which showed the albumin and his protein level, like his total protein is at four, and from what I understand, it should be at least six.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and typically, you know, for pets that have that, um, we talk about keeping them on low-fat diets to help uh, abs- allow them to absorb their nutrients, um, sometimes treating the secondary inflammatory bowel disease with things like steroids, um, vitamin B injections, uh, low-dose antibiotics. Um, so I don't know how many of those things uh, they've kind of tapped into for your baby.
5: Um, what we've done is we have a special diet, this chicken with vegetables, He's been on um, prednisone, but Mm -hmm. he's going to be put on a different medicine instead of prednisone on Tuesday because it's not working. Mm -hmm. He's on some enzymes, and he's been taking diuretics, which, you know, his little tummy is probably, he normally weighs like 8 pounds. He's about 9'5", which is quite a bit for a little guy.
6: I have to commend you, Sharon, because it is a very difficult disease to to manage and especially for the babies that have it as a primary problem. Um, Mm -hmm. So who knows, maybe, you know, they're going to consider some other medicines. Uh, Budesonide uh, might be one that we try if uh, prednisone isn't doing enough. Um, So hopefully some of those switch-ups in the medication can kind of help your baby uh, manage that protein level and keep trucking along but you know thank you for bringing some attention to a very um, unusual type of intestinal disease you know a lot of people are familiar with inflammatory bowel disease um, you know it is causing some GI symptoms but uh, this is a kind of a little bit more of a category of its own
1: we appreciate your time Sharon I'm running out okay. of time I got to take a break it, it pays okay. our bills keeps the lights on keeps the phone going and everything Oh, I understand. Thank you so much for calling.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
7: How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
8: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Check out Animal Radio highlights, all the good stuff without
0: the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet.
9: Dogs or cats, horse or emu. In Ogden, Utah, a police dog left in a pickup truck with the engine running, knocked the truck into gear, and ran down a woman who was walking to her mailbox. The victim, 41-year-old Mary Stone, suffered a fractured pelvis and tailbone. The police dog, a German shepherd named Ranger, was left in the truck while his handler responded to a domestic disturbance call. Lieutenant Loring Draper said he left Ranger with the truck running so he could have some air conditioning. But Ranger somehow knocked the automatic transmission into drive and ran into Stone before hitting a car in her driveway. Stone was expected to be released from the hospital after a few days, and Ranger is expected to stay out of the driver's seat from now on. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animals are
10: Hello, this is
0: Franz from Hans in France. Don't be a girly man. Get your dog spayed and neutered. That's right. And just because you spay and neuter your dog, it does not make them a girly dog. (laughs)
1: i said this last week i'll say it again if you're putting up your tree yet or your hanukkah bush whatever it is make sure you don't have all that um, mylar stuff on that any kind of linear stuff can get into your animal if they chew it and can actually cut their organs and dr debbie sees that every year so you want to avoid that and uh don't end up at her office which she says is the second busiest days right after thanksgiving
4: after
0: that oh
1: uh, Bill Berloni will be on in just a few minutes from the Discovery reality show, Wags to Riches. He's an amazing trainer. You've seen the animals that he's trained, and he has some, uh, i sure, amusing stories to tell us about those animals. So that's on the way. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
2: Uh, i got a good story, Hal. We're going to tell you what type of animal you should become the pet parent of if you want to become more alluring- to the opposite sex. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, yeah. because I
1: know when I go to the park, I'll generally try to bring a puppy with me. I'll find somebody.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Maybe? sucker for a guy with a puppy. I can't help it.
1: <laughs> Let's go to the phones oh, yeah. for your calls right now, directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome to the show, Daryl. Hello. What's going on?
11: Well, I've got, ai think, a three four-year-old English Mastiff, and... Uh, We've got kind of prior problems with her, such as, you know, kidney disease and, and other, you know. Pretty healthy, though. Uh, but my wife was petting her the other day, yesterday, and she uh, felt a lump on the bottom of her throat. Uh-huh. And uh, she's got, you know, she's already got a couple little things on her back, you know, she's had checked out. They're like cysts or something, but not life threatening. And, uh, but she said this one just felt different. It was, you know, like it was further up in there and. You know, she's got her uh, a vet appointment for Monday to go have her looked at, but I'm curious, is that something that could be cancer, or what could that be?
6: Well, can you put her up to the, to the microphone? I want to get a, get a good feel <laughs> of this. wish we could do that. <laughs> because that, that really will tell us quite a bit. Now, can you describe perhaps where, like is it up by the point of the jaw, lower down around the throat area?
11: Yeah, like lower down around the throat area.
6: Okay. And uh, is it uh, in the skin? Can you pull it away from her body, or is it attached?
11: You know, I'm not certain, uh, but she, now like I said, she does got a couple, of one that's on her back, but it's more in her skin area. It's one that you can, mm-hmm. you know, take and, and grab and pull on if you want to. It doesn't hurt her or anything. She's had it looked mm-hmm. at by the vet, and that was, that was, you know, it's nothing life-threatening or anything or nothing that's going to hurt her, but...
6: Yeah. And when you say playing with it, you know, I kind of have this thing. I'll, I'll be doing a, a physical exam with a pet and talking and listening to the, the pet parent, and I'll feel something, and, and my hands just get distracted, and I can't stop touching it. And so, a lot of times with these kind of lumps and bumps, I'm already kind of playing with it while I'm talking to mom and dad. So, um, I'll feel it, see if it kind of rolls in your fingertips, if it's kind of loose in the skin. That's definitely better. Um, not to say that we can't get serious growth that occur in the skin, but it's a lot better for the pet in most scenarios if it's loose in the skin especially if we're talking about having to do some kind of surgery or removal on things there um, right. So, so I think that sounds somewhat favorable and size wise, how big is this thing?
11: Oh gosh, I don't know
6: Okay. And and just in general, if it's something that changes very fast, gets very big very fast, or changes in the texture, how firm it might feel, then it definitely gets my little radar up. And I would certainly address that um, a little bit quicker than putting it off. Um, But, yeah, and your veterinarian may want to, you know, more than just examine the area. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just take a a needle biopsy, a little sample of that, and make some uh, microscope slides. We can look at that in our laboratory, or we'll send that out to a pathologist. And that is kind of how we can make that determination, how concerned do we really need to be because the honest truth is you can't detect cancer by feeling. As much as, you know, I might like to think I have good instincts, it's impossible to tell um, just by feeling, even using those characteristic guidelines that I mentioned. Um, So that needle biopsy might give you that peace of mind to say, okay, maybe not a big deal, or okay, this is something we really need to address and look into. Um, So, hope that all turns out okay, Daryl, and that she gets a clean bill of health with that checkup. This is Dr. Debbie.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's time for another Neutralife Pet Tip. Hey, did you know your pet can become a senior at seven years old? Wow, that's so young. Remember to get health checkups.
4: And don't overlook good dental health.
1: Oh, so important. Yes. And you know your pet's best, even better than the vet, and you'll notice a change in their behavior. So watch for it.
4: You may notice as your pet's getting older that they have an increase in vocalization. They may just start talking more.
0: Go give that senior pet a hug right now. Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Hi,
1: I'm Dan Aykroyd. Have the happiest of holidays.
6: This is Heather Lockler wishing you all the
7: merriest Christmas.
12: Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets.
13: Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert
8: team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084. 800-478-6084. 800-478-6084. That's 800-478-6084. This is Animal Radio.
7: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
2: Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. A few years ago, pictures of all kinds were all over social media. Pictures of pets in animal shelters everywhere, you know, warning people not to give pets as presents. The ASPCA was just one of several organizations against that idea, but now they have changed their tune. The ASPCA position statement on pets as gifts now says... Recently that they conducted a survey to learn more about people who acquire pets as gifts and they found that their survey said 96% of people who received pets as gifts thought it either increased or had no impact on their love or attachment to that pet. And then it goes on and says the vast majority of these pets, in fact, are still in the home. Eighty-six percent of people who received a pet as a present still have that pet. Their survey also revealed that there's no difference in attachment based on the gift being a surprise or whether it was, you know, known in advance. Uh, this proclamation is not without some warnings, though. So remember this, they do recommend giving pets only to people who have expressed a sustained interest as well as checking with the parents if the gift is intended for a child and you know also really to be honest here there are so many 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 other things to consider you know can they afford it over a lifetime so many things to consider so we will share this article on our website and you can check out the entire thing there There's a new survey out that reveals owning a dog boosts a man's sex appeal. Mm -hmm. And one in five people admit to using their pets as so-called date bait. The survey was conducted on Match.com. It also found a third of women and a quarter of men have been attracted to someone because of their pet. I think I'm guilty of all of these. You might be, too. They also found that... Rescue dogs make the most alluring pets. Nearly half of the women and a quarter of the men surveyed said that they judged potential partners on how they responded to and acted toward their pet. And three quarters of the females surveyed, 54% of the men, said they would not date someone who didn't like pets. I agree with all of them. What do you think? I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com.
7: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: This is Animal Radio. You're already done? I haven't even started. I wait till like, the 24th.
4: (laughs) I like to get mine done early by Thanksgiving.
1: What about you, Joey? Do you get
3: it done early? Or what's do you,
1: that? Well, what do you think? The shopping. The, have you bought, have you bought uh, your lovely you, th- that's
3: wife? Why I don't, that's why I don't even know what you're talking about. It's too soon. <laughs> God, you guys are horrible. I've become a cyber shopper. Have you? Well, that's actually kind of cool. You it's know easier.
4: I have too, and I never thought I would because I love the atmosphere and the, just the, the energy when you go into the stores and everybody's just running around buying Christmas stuff. I just used to thrive on that, but now... I don't know. Now it's easier just to sit at home and push a button and have a <laughs> GPS guy
2: come. Absolutely.
3: So what's going on this week, Joey? Well, I got a letter. Um, her dog, Sasha, who is a pomapoo. It's, it's a pomeranian, paw poodle. Hmm. And the dog has turned um, nine years old. And what she's realizing, she wants to know as the dog gets old, if there's any sort of haircut that you could do on the dog to make the dog look younger. And, you know, it's 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 funny because everyone you know when your dog gets to to that age it's not so much with cats cats seem to live forever and then get old and die <laughs> dogs what's well, the truth but dogs as they start aging they start looking older and older and, and 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 the hair thins out but a big mistake that a lot of people do is um with this particular dog because i use this the great dog to use as an example um the dog has been getting a haircut and gets groomed regularly which is wonderful but When you keep clipping down coat, you don't stimulate anything. So you don't get hair growth. When you don't get hair growth, you don't get anything new. So nothing new, nothing vibrant, nothing else comes through. So the best tip that I could tell anyone with an old dog, you want to make your pet look younger, yeah, there's a lot of different haircuts. But unless I see that pet, I can't tell you over the radio. But what I can give you is the number one tip, brush and comb. (laughs) brush and comb. Now, if your pet is matted, of course you can't do that, but you have to cut it down and start over. But when you brush and comb, I'm going to stimulate hair growth. No matter how little it is, it's still going to grow back. It's going to be shinier and it's going to be darker. It's going to take out that dead coat. I on my Karen Terrier, um, miles. Miles is, um, he's black. And when I clip him, all of a sudden he'll start becoming gray. So what I do is I do a deep de shedding a deep brushing, and nothing hard or heavy, just you know you just want to stay on top of it, and you want to know something that black coat comes back in, and he's going to be fifteen
1: mm. wow. I think I speak for about f- at least fifty percent of the listeners who are saying. They've never really thought about making their animal look younger at all. And in fact, I... You're right. Yeah. I, I've never... But I guess as the groomer type, we we'll probably do that. I, Me, of course, the Grecian formula on what remaining hair I have left. <laughs> well,
3: hold on. Not to interrupt, but I'm going to. Uh, okay. Um, when you have an old dog, especially in an old dog that is still acting young... Yeah. What ends up happening is, is, is I think when they start to look old, but the body's young, you start saying to yourself, well, it's, it's only going to be sooner or later where I'm going to have to deal with you know, the inevitable, and, but, but, but he still acts young, but he don't look young. But when they act young and they look young you know what you don't think about it as much you enjoy it more you let them you you let them do more things um at least with me and and, and a lot of people i know so the younger a healthy dog looks you know you don't think about their age and they plus just, they look you know, in the mirror and probably feel younger too <laughs> no, i right? was just
4: gonna say when we when we look good it makes us feel good and what about them when they look good does it make them feel good
3: huh. Oh well, absolutely. I'm gonna. You know what? Everyone will say you're crazy, but I see what dogs coming into the grooming salon and going out, and it's not just because their owners are picking them up because they strut their stuff when <laughs> they
1: leave.
13: They know
3: it. They know it. They I believe they that. They know. They okay. feel good.
1: There you go. The dog father Joey Volani, exclusively on Animal Radio. Hi, Christina.
14: Hi. How are you?
12: Good. How are you
6: doing?
14: Well, I just got a new kitten. He's a month and a half old. Okay. But the problem is, he's always. Biting me when I'm trying to hold him,
6: so mm-hmm. I was wondering what can I do to stop that without hurting him. Put him down.
8: <laughs> yeah, you got to get rid of him.
6: <laughs> no, I was just gonna say if he's biting you, put him down. No, um, so I'm assuming that this is more than you're comfortable with. So he's biting you more frequently than you.
14: Well, I'm trying to teach him to let me hold him once in a while, but he okay. just won't let me. And all he does is bite. And when I'm asleep, he attacks me and.
6: Okay, well, kitties have like two uh, speeds, fast and off. (laughs) So (laughs) sometimes if they're in that fast mode and you want to cuddle... It's not the best time. So you do want to pick that time when kitty's a little bit quieter or maybe after, right after we've eaten, when that belly's full and they're content, and keep those times very short. Um, the handling times, we want to make it a good experience. So you may hold your kitten for just maybe a minute or two, and if it's good before that squirm factor happens and before the nibbling happens, that's when you say, good kitty, and then you stop that and you put the kitten down. So we want to make it really small, short times that you're handling the kitten in that way because some kitties just don't dig being cuddled and held close. It's just not their style. So I don't know if that's the, the case with your kitten. You've still got a very young little baby there. So um, I would work with this in, in very small periods of time and getting him accustomed to being handled in that way. And it doesn't hurt if you have a favorite toy or something edible and reward him when you are actually um, doing the handling behavior and you're holding him. Um, but definitely, you know, kittens that are just kind of wired, if you want to pick them up at that time, it's just going to uh, kind of be a bad experience for everyone. You know, the other thing is we when we have kittens and they're growing, you know, there's so much going on in their world. If we can actually give them a lot more physical activity then it's going to help when you want to have that quiet time. It's just the same thing with a puppy. We want to get them exhausted. So when you play with your kitten we don't want to use the hands as the um, object of the desire if you will. So you want to look for kitten toys that have um, something that kind of puts the human hand outside of the situation. So you want toys like the little string toys where they have, like, a little feather at the end, things where your hands are not part of the game.
10: Vinnie Penn, your resident party animal, with you once again, uh, took my daughter and my son out to the pumpkin patch way back when, right before Halloween, and it was interesting because they had llamas there which half of the day I spent calling llamas until finally an irritated parent corrected me. And uh, my children were fascinated by the llamas behind the fence. They had scheduled times when you could see the llama, which I thought was great. They would say, you know, at such and such an hour, come bring the kids by, we'll bring the llama out. So we did it twice because my kids wanted to go back. And, and see the llama a second time. They were so fascinated by this creature as they should be. And I want my children to be fascinated by animals. But it seemed as if they the, the, the pumpkin patch scheduled the times that the llama would come out with his bowel movement times. Because every time the, the llama came out, it defecated right in front of all of the children and parents. Could they couldn't they kind of gauge, get a better handle on exactly when the, the llama would be having a bathroom break and bring them out afterwards? Uh, no matter how cute I tried to cover it up, I'm like, well, look, Luke, there's the mama llama. Ooh.
0: How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office and no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your Your expensive
8: cable bill. eight hundred six nine six two eight seven one. Eight hundred six nine six two eight seven one. Eight hundred six nine six two eight seven one. That's eight hundred six nine six twenty eight seventy one.
7: all It's Lisa Matassa, and you're listening to Animal Radio.
8: This is Animal Radio. Hi, J.D.
7: Well,
1: good afternoon. How are you doing today?
7: Well, so far, so good. If this rain holds
15: up, I'll be fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay.
1: <laughs> what's going on yeah. with you today?
15: I'm calling about a seven-month-old uh, Shisu and Maltese mix.
6: Okay. And what's going on with your baby?
15: Well... The little baby is, I think, a little spoiled. Uh, she's a little hyper. She's frustrated. We have another dog that we got at the same time, also uh, the same mix, only she's a month older. And whenever one dog has a chew bone and then the other dog has a chew bone, you know, drop the one that's in your mouth. The other one's got to be better, you know, so I yeah, want absolutely. that. To you. <laughs> Um, but actually, the reason for the call is we're having problems with our seven month old, and every time she gets in, and we have a now come on doggy seats for them well, in the car. Very good.
6: Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully seat belts too.
15: And seat belts too, yes. Great. And they, uh, they go around the, the harnesses for the dog. So there's, you know, uh, no problem with it. But She isn't in the car very long before she starts looking like she's going to barf, and she does. Okay. Now, we've already been to uh, a vet out our way, and the vet wants to first stop feeding the dog before you go someplace. That's number one. and good good sense. uh, They were thinking of some small pills I and he didn't he didn't tell us anything as to what the pills were but what sparked the call was I heard somebody at the uh, the pet thing today and she was a holistic person and mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's any holistic something holistic that will settle this dog down we mm-hmm. kind of feel she's uh, a little hyper a little frustrated and okay maybe help her enjoy her trip like
6: we all like to do okay well there's there's definitely a couple things you said that kind of first i wanted to jump in and interrupt you so pardon me if i started (laughs) to um the one thing is you said that she's kind of an anxious gal um that she kind of gets excitable now one thing that's important to know with car sickness and dogs when they vomit or they get sick in a car, sometimes it truly is motion sickness that causes that, where their vestibular apparatus, they're kind of on a -a tilt-a-whirl, and they actually get sick from that feeling. Now, then, then there's the other dogs that actually are just getting freaked out, and they're anxious, and they may be drooling, and they may be hyperactive, and then they may end up vomiting because they're so freaked out, but it may not truly be a motion sickness issue. So there's different ways we go at treating this. If she's kind of anxious, then I would want to make sure we do some simple things first, and that is actually conditioning her to short bouts in the car. It's the simplest thing you can do won't require any money, any medication, or any supplements. And that is to spend small little snippets of time getting her into the vehicle, um, where you get into the car, sit down, get her seat belted, and then that's it. And then you go back into the house. You keep practicing that level of interaction. Then you build up to turning on on the car engine while she's seated in there, and then building it up to where you're just backing up out of the driveway so that that not an every time you get in the car doesn't mean she's going to be going out on a ride. So that helps kind of train some of that anxiety and to hopefully decrease that for your pet. Now, the next thing.
15: I think I learned something from you before. And that is, you know, not every time you get in the car are you going to go to the vet.
6: Yeah. yeah.
15: And, you know, we wanted to get them out of that. We We have triplet grandchildren, and they're nine years old now, and they love the heck out of the dogs. So what my wife does do is go and pick them up at school and oh my gosh, you know, it's old home week (laughs) and it's, you know, that's just another deterrent but getting them used to the car.
6: Absolutely. That's very good. And then, you know, as far as I'm just kind of guessing, J.D., what your veterinarian might have been recommending, because there is actually a, a, a medication that is labeled for dogs for motion sickness, and, and that's a medicine called Serenia. Um, I've also used some anti-motion sicknesses, uh, medicines like Meclizine, which is over-the-counter, um, and then the good old drama means so those are the medicines we can try now you mentioned and you were inquiring about holistic remedies which it's not necessarily my forte but I can tell you there are some things that might be intriguing for you to try um, one of them is actually lavender oil which um, there actually have been veterinary studies where they looked at this and you basically take lavender oil apply it to a rag or a towel and just place that in the environment so in the cab of the truck and that has a calming um, effect for animals, and, and that's believed to be helpful. Uh, can't say we know for certain or not if it, if it works. The other thing would be that we can try pheromones, and pheromones you may have heard me talk about on other shows, that that is a scent hormone that is a calming effect uh, for the dog, and that is something you can get in sprays or collars, and use that in the same time that you're doing these training sessions, whether or not you're driving and actually moving, but you, you get them kind of calm about the whole experience about being in the vehicle. And then another holistic remedy um, is actually ginger. And and this is something my grandma touted for years and years when I was younger. And um, I don't know that it ever helped us children, but, you know, grandma would always be nibbling on that ginger. Um, So we can actually give that to dogs. And there's different forms and different dosages and so forth, so we probably can't go through all of that right now. But um, I've even known people that give ginger snap cookies as a way to get the ginger in the pet. So some of those remedies might be helpful for you. And, uh, you know, If that doesn't work, you know, I'd say pick up that phone, call your veterinarian, and see if you want to try one of those medications as an alternative. Thanks for the call.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now
16: with the free Animal Radio
0: app for iPhone and Android.
8: Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio if you're living with diabetes and using insulin you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again ouch well by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or cgm you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers if you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump call now and learn how a cgm can help you
17: painless pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They
13: delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork.
8: You can reduce pain right away. Plus it's accurate, easy to use and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673 800-785-1673 800 785 Eight five one six seven three. 785 1673
0: That's 800-785-1673. Mm-hmm. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams
1: and Judy Francis. Oh, oh, oh. This hour, Bill Berloni will be joining us, an amazing trainer, of animals uh not only just dogs and cats but also horses and uh, llamas and ducks
2: what a cool guy i he know is. yeah
1: and uh hopefully he'll have some great stories to share with us in just a few minutes right here on animal radio what are you working on over there in the newsroom miss brooks
2: um well they've finally done it we knew it wouldn't be long but they have actually made robotic pets huh. i'm not going to tell you what kind <laughs> just yet But I mean, this is being marketed to humans as, hey, you could have this and it's easier to care for than a real pet.
1: But it's not the
2: same. No, it's not. Right.
4: Hey, it doesn't bark or bite or hiss or scratch or poop. So hey, and you don't got to feed it.
1: A lot cheaper than the veterinarian just to replace the batteries. (laughs) I wish you could do that with your animals. Okay, well, that's on the way (laughs) with our Miss Brooks. Let's uh, go to the phones first for your calls. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the show
5: hi thanks for taking my call
1: what's going on
5: oh i have a reindeer who has gotten extremely aggressive wait 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 wait. okay
6: wait
5: (laughs) like a
1: reindeer chihuahua breed
5: (laughs) a a reindeer Rangifer tirandis tirandis yeah caribou okay
1: (laughs) oh as a pet okay
5: Uh, well actually i have the largest herd of reindeer in california so yeah they're my pets but at christmas time they work and this one's gotten very aggressive and it's a female i've had her for two years she's never done this before she has to go to work in about a week and a half and she'll be gone for the whole season and at one point during the time she's out there i actually have to get in an elevator with her and the way she's behaving right now i don't think that can happen so anybody with any ideas help
6: so she's aggressive to you or or to other no, reindeer gone
5: she's gone after, she's gone after of my handlers so far she hasn't come after me but she's gone after two of my handlers and just without any warning just suddenly bam wow
6: i don't okay. she wants to do and, this
1: anymore. yeah i don't think so either
6: uh, and, and is she is she in a breeding herd or is she kept separate or how is that
5: um no i don't have a breeding permit so she's not in a breeding herd okay. but it is, you know you're right it is the season of rut so it may yeah. be hormones but it hasn't happened before which makes me worry
1: the season yeah. of what? What was that?
6: It It's called the rut, or the rutting season, and it's basically the mating season. That's
1: interesting they call it the rut.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, yeah, you know his antlers are going to drop soon, right? Here we go.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so... Uh, ignoring Hal here. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. <laughs> Mrs.
1: Claus is calling Animal Radio.
6: So, <laughs> you know, I guess part of that would be, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm digging deep here because I'm going to be honest here with you, Diana. I, my my forte is definitely small animal, so I'm pulling out some data out of my uh, rotten brain cells from back in vet school here. Um, and, but even though she may not be bred, um, certainly she may be showing some aggression from just being in that hormonal season, and um, in, in the winter months. The reindeer, I don't know if you've experienced this, but some of the females are actually far more aggressive. And if they're in a breeding herd, they're going to be even heightened um, in their aggression. And that's just because they're you know, protecting their developing offspring. So... Um I, I guess this is going to fall into a little bit more of like herd management and population management. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I don't know within the scope that she's behaving or that she's handled right now, I'm I'm, I'm not sure that um, her behavior is going to be very good for continuing that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, you may be already a, a member of the Reindeers Owner and Breeders Association. Um yes, I, I am. Okay, because I do know that there are some resources with that group, um, with some folks across the country, and they might be, you know, a little bit more skilled at how to manage the population aspect of things. Um, but I, I gotta say, gosh, you gotta be careful there with the, the, your handlers.
5: Well, yeah, I'm used to getting beat up by the boys, but the girls just a <laughs> total, totally out of character. Wow, so I just I'm...
1: don't think of reindeer as being aggressive at all. I uh, mean...
5: Well, you know, when their hormones kick in, they don't have any control over who they are. Yeah. Any deer. You say that about... I say they're more dangerous tiger, I think. Than they're...
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, and we say the the men with hormones are, you know, they're equally as uh, dangerous and dumb. No.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking of putting, you know, the horses, they have stuff that's got that valerian in it that's a, a feed through type thing that I could mix with their pellets. And I wasn't sure if that would be something that would help her or not to level off a bit.
6: You know, that might be a possibility. And, you know, some of the other things that I know for more topical or environmental treatment will be things like dilute lavender oil. You know, I don't know how much that might help with the hoofstock, but, you know, it it would certainly be worth something trying.
5: I was thinking if I could get some of those yellow mushrooms of the red spots, reindeer-like, I could get her drunk and she'd probably be in a better mood. Oh, my (laughs) my God.
6: She's counting down the days till the big day. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still working with her, but I'm not letting anyone else work in her. But I'm dreading the elevator ride with her, so that's the worst thing coming up. Once she gets where she's going, no one has to handle her, so she's strictly on display. But it's uh-huh. getting her in and out of the building and up and down the elevator that's a little bit unnerving to me right now yeah. with her behavior. So hopefully we can get it done. <laughs>
6: Well, well, my best wishes go out to you there, Diane. I mean, I, heck, I, I have some great Danes that are hard to manage in the hospital. You know, getting a caribou into an mm-hmm. elevator <laughs> is going to be a challenge.
5: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, you
1: guys have a Merry Christmas, okay? Yeah, you too. Hey, send us a picture. Will you send us a picture of your deer? Can you just... I sure will. I'd love sure to see. i it. send it to you. Your voice at animalradio.com. Your voice at animalradio.com. We'd love to see that. We'll post that up at the website. And I've learned so much on the show today. I Thank you. From, from the listeners. Take care of yourself. There you go. Mrs. Claus calling and uh, very upset because her deer are aggressive this year. The female. The female deer because they're in a rut, which is exactly what I call it the rut. And my antlers don't fall off, though. No, on, your
4: ears are kind of flopped. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. That's. Uh, I think that's a first here on Animal Radio.
6: And you know, did you know that uh, Santa's reindeers, the ones that actually participate, they are all females that oh. are you know in the breeding season because they still have their their uh, their their rack. So, were you oh. saying Rudolph
1: was a female? Is that what you're saying?
6: Well, let's just say that at that time of year, only females that are gravid, that have, that are about to give birth the next year, have their horns. The males drop them, and the females that aren't pregnant will drop their, their, their antlers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> drop their so, rack.
6: Yeah, a little scandal for the, the Santa Cruz. <laughs> that really
1: is. Uh, wow, I think I have more information than I really need here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to Delilah. Hi, Delilah. How are you doing?
14: Hi, I'm doing great.
1: Where are you calling from today?
14: San Antonio, Texas. Beautiful
1: Texas. Well, what's up? I have Dr. Debbie right here.
14: Hi. Well, um, hi, Dr. Debbie. Um, I have a question. I have three boxers, and South Texas allergy season is here. Um, I have uh, one white boxer where you can just really see her eyes red and her belly's red. Um, I do give them um, Benadryl. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was just wondering how much is too much? Uh, I take a daily, um, you know, allergy medication, but for, you know, for my, my dogs, I didn't know if, if daily was too much or, you know, I don't want to upset their stomach, um, cause we do kennel them while we're at work, um, and then bring them out when we get home. So I didn't want to upset their stomach and then have a mess or kennel, you know, while sure. they're, while they're home or while we're not home.
6: Yeah. Well, this is one of the situations with Benadryl that people and animals are very different. Um, and there are a couple medications where, you know, either humans metabolize it much, much faster or they're more sensitive. And, you know, it, um, for dogs, their tolerance for Benadryl is a lot higher. So, in general, we generally give about a milligram per pound of body weight. Um, so, for a person, you know, we take 25 milligrams. Maybe for a dog that size, we might be given 50 milligrams. Um, so, it's it's a difference in just the kind of the way the animal processes the the medication. So, now and definitely, dogs will exhibit some sedation, drowsiness. Occasionally, you know, some will have vomiting or diarrhea with that. Um, but uh, generally, Benadryl is pretty well tolerated. Um, and you know it's something to kind of get you through that little allergy pinch there that that might be f- totally fine. Now, you said they're they're red in their skin. Are they all having the skin symptoms or is it just isolated to one or two?
14: Well, I have two brindles and my white. Boxer. Now, the white boxer is the one where you can tell her eyes get really red when she comes in from being outside, and and her belly is red. Um, mm-hmm. And she, they all do very well with the Benadryl. I just didn't. I was worried if I give them too much every day, if that would start to, you know, if I would see some side effects or or not
6: yeah mostly just the sedation and, and you don't have to worry about like um like long term side effects as far as you know with something like a steroid, you have to be concerned about the liver suppressing the immune system with the benadryl you're not going to really get that and and dogs aren't going to get hooked on it um in any way, so that's a generally a pretty um safe thing now, I do like to use. Any antihistamine for allergic pets, I like to use it in conjunction with an omega fatty acid with a fish oil supplement um, okay. because those two can work together um, kind of in a joint method um, as a anti-inflammatory uh, for the skin to help with that itch. So um, that might be one thing if you're not doing to add that into the regimen. um okay. And then, you know, if you're not to the point where you got sores and things like that, uh, I'm definitely a fan of the colloidal oatmeal baths. Um, you can find different products on the market. But just it's a nice soothing thing you can do. Get some short-term itch relief that lasts maybe two days to three days. And you can repeat it in, in another couple days for dogs. Um, it's just like if, if we got chicken pox and you sink down into that um, aveno bath, um, it, it has that same kind of uh, relief for the skin. And then, oh, my goodness, you say you have a white boxer
4: I I have not met a white boxer that does not have skin
6: problems so uh, (laughs) lesson learned anybody who's considering them be ready for skin problems Um, just that uh, coloration they definitely are plagued with their skin itches rashes and uh, so forth (laughs) so
14: right right well thank you very much
6: Okay. Thank you so much for your call and hope everything gets back on track there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay and to your pets, please.
7: How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
8: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. This is Animal Radio, baby.
1: Let's go to JC right now, who wants to talk to Dr. Deb. Hey, JC.
8: Hi, good afternoon. How are you?
1: Good. What's going on?
8: Uh, say, I got a small dachshund, uh, just about 10 pounds. And, okay. and, and I heard that if you give chewing tobacco uh, to the dog, is that you that takes the tapeworm out?
6: Oh, no, my. no, no, no. Okay. So, no, this is a, a very, um, common, like, old wives tale that's out there. This is, this is a fallacy. So, we don't want to give any kind of tobacco to dogs. It actually is toxic to them. Now, where this ever came from, you know, most nicotine, when it's given to animals, if they ingest it, it, it'll cause vomiting. So maybe in a pet who has worms, you know, by giving them a tobacco product, you'd see them vomit the worm-up. That doesn't mean you're curing them of this problem. You're just going to actually make a bigger problem for this baby. So, so no, we, we need to get into using a typical um, uh, deworming product. Now, you mentioned, is it tapeworms? Is that what you're worried about? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're seeing the little um, rice-like segments along the, the butt area that are dried up on the fur. Is that what you're getting? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so there definitely are some products that we can use. It, I would direct you to your veterinarian um, because a lot of times you won't get the right ones if you're going over the counter. Um, but there's some different ones. Um, there's one called Drontol. Um, and then there's another that's um, Fenbendazole that we can use. Those would be some of the different um, products that I might look at. But you want get, to get that taken care of the proper way. And then also Important to note, tapeworms are linked in their life cycle with fleas. So if you're in a flea endemic area, you also need to make sure you're tackling those fleas to get rid of those guys.
8: All righty. Thank you so much. First time listener. And I appreciate that info.
1: Thank you for listening. We appreciate that. It's always great to hear first-time listeners listening to Animal Radio. Remember, you can send us your questions at yourvoice@animalradio.com and over at Facebook at Animal Radio. And do not forget the Animal Radio app for your iPhone or Android. I'll download that puppy now. You can even ask your questions right from there. That was a wild one.
6: Kind of nice, simple, straightforward question. I like that. <laughs>
1: I've never heard that before.
6: Oh, yeah. It's one of those old, old. it's like given kerosene. or There's all sorts of things you can hear about.
1: How do you get your dog to chew the tobacco? I mean, that's kind of, wouldn't they swallow it? Or do they keep it in their lips, right? In their pouch? Or?
6: I'm sure it involves putting it in food. And, you know, the Labrador or an owner that I am, you can put just about anything in food and they'll eat it.
1: Hi, Jim. You're on with Dr. Debbie.
16: Hi, Dr. Debbie. Um, I appreciate you taking my call.
6: Um, my wife had just called me.
16: I'm at work. And she uh, says that she found five fleas on our dining room floor and one flea on our lab's head.
15: Yikes. Um,
16: growing up, I knew that you know if there's one, there's probably a thousand. Uh, we use the frontline uh, liquid that goes on the back of his shoulders. Yes. And um, I thought that was supposed to you know keep them away. But what, if anything, is there a flea bath or something I can use until you know Monday?
6: Now, as far as I'm, I'm assuming you're you're concerned about the use of the spot-on type product because of some of the reports that are out now. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess some of that we we still don't have the full information on what the EPA is is got and what their numbers are that they're looking at. The the, the original cautions right now come with some general spot-on products for flea and ticks, and there's a, a wide range of different brands out there that are listed. Thing that we can't distinguish and that I, I would hate for people to panic too much right now because some of those reports might be as minimal as skin irritation because the manufacturers are traditionally bound to report those reports. I don't know that we have all that full information yet on which ones we have to really worry about. But you did ask about some alternatives for flea control. And if you're in a really heavy flea endemic area, it's tough because you do need to rely on some type of insecticide to help manage some of these problems. Um, But you can do things like, uh, you know, regular laundering of the pet's bedding and the materials that they sleep on. Flea combs are a great wonder, but you got a lot of work if you got to spend to drag that through your dog's hair coat. Um, yeah. And then you can rely on some of the actual flea shampoos, but you, know, you got to keep in mind all of those products have a toxicity point. So if you're using collars and shampoos and spot ons, it isn't hard to create a toxic um, uh, event for a pet. So you, you really need to be cautious with that. Um, getting a good Pest control uh, person is probably one of the ways. You can vacuum and vacuum and vacuum daily, um, making it important to change out your vacuum bag because those little critters will live and breed in the vacuum bag itself. So that's another um, remedy. You can try things like, you know, steam cleaning, you know, whether or not that actually kills them. It's probably more of a physical uh, dislodging of of the eggs. Um, So those are things you can try in the home. Um, In some areas, they use foggers um, to treat the home environment. Um, And again, all of these products, we got to watch. There's a toxic point when we're adding all of these different things in so it does mean to exercise some caution and i would talk to your veterinarian about your pet and as i mentioned every animal is different the worst thing you could do is take some type of flea and chick product from a dog and put it on a cat they are very sensitive and they will develop problems more readily if you give them the wrong product that's intended for a dog so make sure you make that decision with the, the work with your veterinarian there
16: fantastic thank you very
0: much you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android
9: dogs or cats horse or emu animals are people too cell phones have gotten smaller cars are shrinking and now cows there's are some new breeds of mini-cows. They're just like other cows, except they're about one-third the size. They sell for about $1,200, about twice of what a regular cow would cost. Fifteen minis can live comfortably on five acres because they don't tear up the grass with their tiny feet. And they eat a lot less Some owners compete in shows with their minis Others raise them for their very own milk supply Breeder Bill Bryan says many of the mini cows he sells will eventually die of old age Because people just keep them as pets Sometimes being little has its advantages I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio Animals are people too Animal Radio yo-
4: Do you travel with your dog?
9: Of course. My pets are part of
4: our family. Me too. I take Daisy
14: with me everywhere.
4: Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation.
7: Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the
4: magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to
2: find our next adventure. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. Owning a pet can have many health benefits, but for seniors, the responsibilities of taking care of some pets can be a little too much for them. But Hasbro thinks it has the answer with Lifelike Robotic Pets. Yes, robot pets. The toy company's new line of joy for all companion pets that respond to petting, hugging, and motion, even purr like real cats. Owners can pet the robotic cat to, you know, elicit a variety of different lifelike responses that a cat would normally do. But luckily, those responses don't include scratching, biting, or hissing that you'll get from some cats. The robotic pets sell for $99 each on Hasbro's website, And on Amazon.com. Well, you probably know some birds are really smart. Studies just show amazing things about birds. And now you can add pigeons to that list. In a new study, pigeons proved as good as humans at differentiating normal from cancerous breast tissue in mammogram images. How amazing is that? Pigeons' brains, really, they're about the size of a large pea, but they do work similar to a human brain. The pigeons' skills at spotting differences in medical imagery, they say, might be put to practical use someday by training pigeons to do the work that can be considered kind of tedious and expensive to train humans to do. Past research has found that pigeons can count as well as monkeys. Another study showed that pigeons recognize and remember human faces, and they also have good long-term memories. Well, for the animal lover like us, you know, our pets are part of the family. So if you are giving gifts, then obviously you buy for the family and you make or buy a present for your pet, too. In fact, 95% of pet owners say they have bought a Christmas gift for their pet. That's according to a recent survey conducted by Rover.com. So how much do we spend? Well, the survey says our average is about $36, and about 5% of those respondents to the survey said they bought something for their pet that cost over $100. One-third of those surveyed said they still get their pet a present on every birthday and every holiday. I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
7: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: And I remind you, as you look for the perfect present for your cats, your dogs, your iguana, your ferrets, whatever... Remember, the best present you can give them is your time, your presence. Your
4: presence. Spelled
1: differently. Yes. So I encourage you to do that. That's what I'm doing with all my animals this holiday season. Lots and lots of time. Uh, have you seen the uh, reality series From Wags to Riches on, uh, what is it, Discovery Family Channel, where they follow around Bill Berloni? He's the uh, animal trainer.
2: That's awesome. No? No, I haven't, but it sounds good. It is interesting stuff.
1: I think, uh, Joey, you work with our next guest, Bill Berloni. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. The reality series doing great, and of course, you've had a huge run on Broadway. I want you to tell listeners a little bit about you wanted to be an actor when you were young, right? Is that and how you got into this, the training animals for stage and screen?
12: That's correct. Um, I, I wanted to be an actor. I grew up on a farm in Connecticut. I was an only child, and. When I was two years old, my mother asked me if I wanted a brother or a sister, and I said a dog. <laughs> so she got me she got me a collie, who was my best friend, Rexy, and I grew up with this wonderful dog. And uh, fast forward to my freshman year in, in college, um, I'm working at a theater in Connecticut called the Goodspeed Opera House, where they did the original production of Annie, the musical, and they couldn't afford a dog trainer, and no one on the paid staff wanted to do it. They needed to trick someone into doing the dog thing. <laughs> and uh, somehow my gullible face uh, came up, and uh, I went into the producer's office, and he offered me a part in one of the shows and my equity card, the professional union uh, for actors, if I would find and train a dog for the new show for no money. Oh, and I said, of course, yes. And uh, But the no money thing was the key thing because... Um, Uh, someone said they had cheap dogs at the animal shelter. And I had never been to an animal shelter. I was 19 years old, had never been. And and the first day I went looking, I was profoundly moved. I had never knew that animals were in that much peril. And I was a dog lover. And I found the original Sandy at the Connecticut Humane Society. I paid $7 for him. And a year later, the show opened on Broadway in 1977, and I became a world-famous animal trainer at the age of 20. Wow.
9: Now, what kind of dog is Sandy? Wow.
12: Sandy was a mixed breed Terrier, uh, an All-American Mutt. Okay,
1: so you, your first dog was a Collie, which is a very, very smart dog, and I'm sure you trained trained that dog, but going to Sandy, uh, a mixed breed, and the Terriers are pretty smart too, was there a big learning curve for you in, in training this dog? And you'd never trained a dog before. What was
2: that like?
12: Um, no, and, and what was interesting was that I, I admitted to everybody I never trained a dog, but my dogs had always followed me around off leash they always were willing to listen to me and the key was i never treated them as my pets i treated them as my best friends as my companions i treated them with respect um and so my collie would enjoy doing things i enjoy doing so my thought was if i can make the stage as enjoyable for the dog then the dog should want to do it and that's what i've done a method of positive reinforcement we never force the animals to work we just create conditions in which they want to go out there and do a behavior or two.
1: Can I say that you created those conditions, what, 2,033 performances? I mean, that's tough to do. <laughs> that's a long um, run for any dog, uh, for a human.
12: Well, right. That was the original run of, of Sandy's uh, performance in Annie, 2,333. But that was some 27 Broadway shows ago and, and, and 38 years of training. So, we're you know, it just goes to show you that being kind to animals, um, it will bring you good things.
4: Now, you're a dog trainer. Do you train cats? I mean, it's easier to get a dog to do something on stage than for a cat to do something any time you want them to do, let alone on a stage.
12: Yes. I I have provided cats for uh, movies and Broadway shows and plays. But there is no such thing as a cat trainer because (laughs) they're independent creatures. And so when I do get a job for a cat, I look for the cat that has atypical feline behavior that one in 10,000 cat that thinks it's a dog.
4: Uh And we all
12: have seen cats like that. You know, the ones who are social, the ones who come up and greet people, the ones who will retrieve toys. Those are the cats that I I find to then train for the project because, again, they're atypical to what cats normally do. Hmm.
2: You have to stock up on those cats when you can find them because they're like you said, there's not a lot
12: there aren't and usually, when I do go on the search, when I go to a shelter, there's usually some cat laying in a basket on the front desk reception area that's the one I adopt you know the one who has been sitting there greeting people, hanging out, doing with all that commotion, but then again you you have to be careful, you know saying you have a trained cat because then people will start asking it to do crazy things. When I did the Ever Ready cat commercial, we had that campaign. I had five black cats, you know, all with different personalities who would do the the behaviors needed. So cats are a much more technical um, training thing.
3: I just got to say something because this is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, Bill, Joey Vellani. how you doing? Joey, good to hear your voice. Good good to hear you, my friend. He's one of the greatest guys you want to meet because he'll do anything possible for pets. He's just not a, a guy on TV, a pet trainer, you know, someone trying to make a name. He truly is a pet lover.
12: Thank you for that. And you're there, too, supporting it. I mean, because, again, they, we share our Earth with all these creatures. We should treat them with respect. Absolutely.
1: I thank you for spending time with us today. The website, theatricalanimals.com. Bill Berloni. Check out his show on Discovery. And I will put all the information over at AnimalRadio.com.
12: Yes, and we love your station out here on the East Coast. Keep, keep it up. I love listening to it.
1: Thanks. You're awesome. Thank you. Take care of yourself.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for
17: iPhone and Android. It's Alan Cable. You know, you can train your dog to do almost anything. You probably heard that story of the guy who trained the dogs to drive a car in Australia.
1: Why a I go boy
17: pebble here knows how to ring a doorbell what a good boy his owner invented this doggy doorbell that's easy for a dog to push on so that pebble could let everybody know when he needs to go out you can put a treat inside the space that's pretty darn smart because that would get pebble to jump up and push on it anyway that's how the guy in Australia taught his dogs one step at a time how to drive a car you could do the same thing with a cowbell on your door to train your dog to let you know when he needs to go outside or wants to go outside you know instead of scratching on the door or being destructive you start by getting your dog ready to learn. You want your dog to be in a calm state of mind. Not all excited and agitated. They can't learn when they're like that. You can actually use treats to mellow your dog out too. You can use treats and rewards for everything. But the best way to calm your dog is to tire him out before you try to train him. Make him run. Tie him to your bicycle and take a ride. Take a jog. Take a long brisk walk. Play some fetch with a ball or his favorite toy if he likes to chase and bring things back. You're actually training him when you play with him. When he brings it back to you, you give him a treat. Say good Good boy, once he's tired out, bring him in the house. Put him in his crate for about 15, 20 minutes. Then calmly take him out, and he'll be ready to pay attention and learn. Now remember, you want to teach your dog one thing at a time, and it might take a couple of days or weeks before he masters the one thing that you're trying to teach him. So if you wanted to teach him to let you know when he needs to go out by hitting the bell on the door, you would first start by getting him to actually jump up on the door. You can do this by prodding him to jump, or maybe just hold the treat against the door so that he jumps up to get it. And you'd repeat that over and over until you can get him to do it without a treat. Then maybe give him the treat after he does it, or just say good boy when he does it. You could teach your dog to turn lights on and off, even to bring you the phone. When you try to teach your dog something, look at it from his point of view and think about whether or not you're being clear in what you're doing
8: 800-478-6084, 800-478-6084, 800-478-6084, that's 800-478-6084.
10: Hi, this is Doug Ray and the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever
16: you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pits.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
5: Oh, what did he, say? he said, We're all across
7: the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal
6: Radio. Animal Radio.
1: Will you take another one, Dr. Debbie? am i'm ready let's do it which one Line two we have randy hey randy welcome to the show
16: hi guys how you doing
1: doing good where are you good. calling from
16: well i am uh, going eastbound on interstate 80 through nebraska
1: wow otr uh
16: yes sir okay.
1: please don't call me sir that's my dad <laughs> i have i have dr debbie right here she can help you what's going on with your animal
16: well i was just wondering you know uh i have a little corgi a a cardigan corgi and uh we go to some pretty strange areas uh we go off out in the boonies all the time and i'm constantly worried about you know scorpions and snakes and stuff like that what kind of first aid should i have going you know if she was to get hit by a a snake Mm -hmm. what should i do good question
6: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think every pet owner, especially if you travel, should have some form of a basic um, first aid kit. And that is going to be mimicking very much what you would have in your human first aid kit, but with some additions. And and the things that I want to always make sure in a pet first aid kit we have um, are... um, not just things like nail trimmers, but also the styptic solution because broken toenails come up all the time. Uh, I see it at animal events that I go to attend, um, tweezers to pull things out. When we're talking about things like rattlesnakes, the, the truly the best thing, the best first aid tip with a rattlesnake bite is your car keys. That is the best thing that you can provide for your pet is to get them in the vehicle and get them to a veterinarian right away there is nothing absolutely nothing that you can do in the field that's going to increase their survival better than seeing a veterinarian as fast as you can that being said all those kind of things out there that people tell you to do for rattlesnake bites you know we don't want to do most of those things (laughs) Um, so yeah, all those things that you hear about cutting it, sucking the venom out, um, you know, putting a tourniquet on it, putting ice on it, all of those are completely wrong. Um, they will actually increase the rate of the venom, um, affecting the animal. So what you want to do is keep the pet calm. You want to keep the bite area, whatever part of the body's been bitten, keep it below the heart level. That slows the rate that the venom reaches uh, the rest of the pet. Um, And maybe within that first aid kit, you can have some Benadryl. It it won't hurt in the event of a a snake bite, but it's certainly not going to be the cure-all that's going to really save them. uh, Prompt veterinary attention is really the best thing for any of these snake bites, and which can be trouble. You know, if you're traveling, I don't know if you're out in some of these remote areas, um, but uh, that's unfortunately is maybe a good directory to veterinarians in the areas that you are traveling through for emergency centers would also be a good thing to have some points along the road that you know you can contact day or night um, a veterinary service.
16: Oh, okay. So uh, keep the, uh, the, the bite below their heart and uh, just fast as you can go gets get someplace I knew I knew that cutting it all that stuff was bogus but I thought perhaps a tourniquet but I don't know yeah. you know you, you can yeah. a tourniquet they don't even recommend tourniquets on people hardly anymore.
6: Exactly. And what the problem is with the tourniquet is that, you know, it, while it may keep that venom in that area, it actually can enhance the tissue effects of the venom in that particular area. So it can make it much worse. Um, so that's really why we don't want to do that. And, you know, there is a, you know, rattlesnake vaccine out there um, for pets that are maybe in higher uh, risk uh, lifestyles and areas. It's, you know, it's still out there a little bit in the veterinary community whether or not it truly helps um, the survival after snake bite um, because we do occasionally see pets that have had the rattlesnake vaccine that still don't always make it from a rattlesnake bite so um, it's definitely not a hundred percent but that might be even one thing to consider if uh, you know if your doggy is in those kind of high risk areas and you want to do what you can to try to try to help them out
16: is there a uh, uh, some sort of a time table that you could give me you know i mean
1: like how fast to get to the vet
6: how fast, as fast as you can. We know that use of the antivenin venin um, that we use to help counter the reaction to snake bites, that ideally ought to be administered within four hours. But truly, within the first 30 minutes to an hour, it is really, we're talking get to the vet as quickly as you can. Um, so we don't really want to even put a timeline on it. It is that imperative to... Speed counts, <laughs> but don't tell the trooper I said that.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Randy, for your call. Good question. We don't uh, we don't often hear people preparing or being preventative in their care for their animals. They usually call when something's already happened. Now you're out there in the desert. So you probably have all these scorpions and snakes and all that stuff. You probably see that a lot at your practice in Las Vegas. Yeah,
6: we sure do. Um, scorpions. Gosh, I just killed one the other day in our house. Well, I didn't. You know, someone, uh, my husband did. But husband. It, it, it was big, ugly, and very scary looking. You know, if you get those things moving with their tail gets going rattling back and forth, it's it's pretty frightening. It makes my hair go up on my, my body.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. It has just flown by once again. I say it every week. But it is so true. It just seems like we get in here, it starts, and it's over. But we have so much fun and if you need your fix during the week you can head on over to animalradio.com or even download the free animal radio app for iphone and android it's so cool it's such a cool app and it is free my price that's the kind of anything that's free i'm all over that your budget yeah have yourself a safe week we'll talk next week right here on animal radio
9: Bye bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) bye-bye